What's up, Video Landers? I'm your host, Dr. Diamond Doug. Triple D. And with me tonight is my co-host, Mr. Miggity Mac. That is me. Quick reminder, you can find us on AdventuresInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook page at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language, mm. but... That's not really our style. Not really. So we'll try to keep this rated PG-13 with some mild profanity and uh, some... Art- yeah. Artistic some nudity. Male nipples. At least one male nipple. Yeah. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight we'll be talking about Season 7 Pantheon nomination number... Tres. Three. Point Break. Nominated by Adam Chromacho, guest voter Marshall Wade. Before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon. Let's. So, Mr. Miggity Mac, what yes. is Pantheon? Pantheon movies uh, hit <clears throat> on all cylinders. Uh, Pantheon is a place for the cream of the crop, the best of the best. They'll have acting, directing, script score, cinematography, special effects, and that essential X factor. The je ne sais quoi. The, I don't know what that is. Yeah. But they are essential viewing. They're the best of their genre. They are. There are nine members. Hold on. And I stand by that joke, and I will stand by your side every time we make it. Every single je ne sais time. quoi. I don't know what that means. And I will stand by your side, Broham. Thank you, sir. Anyway, go on. There are nine members on the AV Council, the Pantheon Council. Every three weeks, a council member nominates a movie. All the other council members vote yes or no and have a write-up, like 500-word write-up with their reasons. And in addition, there's a guest voter, so that makes a total of 10 votes so far. Then all of us just normal schlubs on the Facebook group, Mm -hmm. we get to vote in the poll as well, and that counts as another vote, a total of 11. A movie needs a two-thirds majority, i.e. seven votes, to get in. All right, so let's talk about the movies we've looked at so far. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Eight of eleven. Boom, in Pantheon. Perks of Being a Wallflower. Just missed it by that much. Six of eleven, including my vote as guest voter. And then that brings us to tonight. Now, there are several Point Break movies, so just to be clear... We're talking Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves, yeah, right? of course we are. Oh. Yeah. The 1991 version, not the 2015 yeah, version. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. Um, so, this movie, uh, Point Break, is about doing cool stuff. Cool surfing stuff. and skydiving. Yes. And, like robbing banks and you know, like all sorts of cool all stuff. All cool stuff. Uh, what is one of the cooler things that you have done? I could think of two things. Things I've done in my life that I that I look back on and I'm like that's pretty cool. Uh-huh. I used to ride and train horses, and I did this a lot as a young man. And when I was in college here at uh, Old Purdue, I learned how to rappel, and uh, we rappelled off of the parking garages. And I even did it Australian style, which is face first down the side of the parking garage. <laughs> yes, sir. That is pretty incredible. A much younger, much more svelte version of myself. <laughs> uh, I, I was uh, racking my brain on this. I've gone hiking a few times. Hiking uh, is good. <laughs> I've, uh, uh, yeah, that's about it. I, I, I did one time 
break a finger do, doing improv. You did. Yeah. You broke a finger in, in college. I did. <laughs> I forgot there was a beam right above the, where the stage was, and I put my hand straight up and I hit, Whack. hit the yeah. So uh, you're a little more adventurous than I am. I have gone ziplining. I was. I was oh, and, and yeah, fell yeah, off immediately oh, and no. almost crashed into the rocks. No, so. no, no. I have gone ziplining as a, a a more mature fellow. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. I wouldn't think of it as extreme. It was very safe. Very controlled, yeah. Uh, very touristy. Ours type. was just holding on Hanging to the bar to the thing. with your bare hands. Oh my gosh! In Boy Scouts, when I was a kid, I forgot we did that. Yeah. And there was one kid who never let go. You were supposed to go <laughs> from the real high <laughs> bank to the low bank, and he went halfway across. And you're supposed to let go and fall into the lake. He never let go, so he mud face planted <laughs> right into the side. I thought he was dead for sure. That's pretty fantastic. I, yeah. He made it. He was yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. The um. All right, so we digress, mm. but let's get into some movie facts. Uh, we'll go down. This movie is rated R. It's an action crime film directed by Catherine Bigelow, mm. who also later on did The Hurt Locker and Zero, Zero Dark Thirty. 30 yeah. yeah, screenplay by Peter Illiff, uh, produced by Peter Abrams and Robert Levi. Music by Mark Isham, who also did The Mist and A River Runs Through It. I mm-hmm. put in The Mist in there for you. I like so, The yeah, Mist. That's good old like Stephen Mist. King stuff right there. <clears throat> Cinematography by Donald Peterman, who like did tons of stuff. And, and Especially then in the, the 80s, 80s and 90s. Flashdance, yeah. Splash, Cocoon, Men in Black. Edited by Howard Smith. This was in theaters July 12, 1991, wide in the United States. Mm-hmm. With a runtime of two minutes two plus hours. two hours. Yes. Yeah. 122 minutes. Studio Johnny, Utah Productions, and Largo Entertainment, and this was Largo Entertainment's first film. Numero uno. Distributed by 20th Century Fox. This is starring Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves, Gary Busey, Laurie Petty, and then John C. McGinley, uh, also as the angry captain. But Laurie Petty, I have to say, a very attractive young lady, and has continued. In fact, she was just in Station, Station Eleven on HBO. She's prolific actress and beautiful. And this role was like written for her look at the time. I gotta yeah. say. So a synopsis, a short IMDb synopsis of the film: An FBI agent goes undercover to catch a gang of surfers who may be bank robbers. That's a very perfunctory uh, and short, terse. Hold on. And You're glib. trying to say that the bank robbers were actually surfers. Getting money to fund the endless summer? What? Oh my Dude. gosh. Dude. Ratings. Uh, what do you tell me about the ratings? Well, here? IMDb has it rated at 7.3 out of 10. Metacritic has it at a 58 on 20 reviews. Uh, user score of 7.7. I believe that's out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 69% with the audience score of 79%. It's a popular movie. Uh, and Google 90% liked it. All right, top and the bottom of Rotten Tomato, Dwayne Burge from Hollywood Reporter gives this a fresh score while the critics may yammer, Point Break delivers the thrill, spills, and crunches its action-hungry audience demands. Mm, now the bottom end, Juan Carlos Cotto uh, from Miami Herald rates it as rotten, says Point Break has some eye-catching visuals in its frenetic action sequences, but even the slow-mo surfing gets tedious. It's like being trapped in a soft drink commercial, <laughs> which is a humorous, humorous jab, I have to say. 
All right, top, middle, and bottom, uh, which are more tightly compacted here mm-hmm. from Metacritic uh, and the, the scores that Metacritic gives them. Dave Kerr, and Metacritic gives this an 88 Chicago Tribune. At her best, and even in a hand-me-down project like Point Break, Bigelow is uniquely talented, uniquely powerful filmmaker, where the male action directors are still playing with toys, with dolls and models and mat shots, Bigelow is tapped into something primal and strong. She is a sensualist of genius in this most sensual of mediums, mm. which is action film. Action. Ted <clears throat> Mahar? Sure. Uh, his rating, uh, Metacritic gives it a 63. He's the Portland Oregonian. Oregonian, sorry, Mm -hmm. and my tongue tied. Point Break is actually better than you would expect for about the first hour. Then starts the long, slow slide into dumber and dumber dumbness. (laughs) You can almost hear the IQ points dropping from the screen. All right, and then not the bottom of the barrel, but uh, down further, J-Car at a 50 Boston Globe. When the action sequences move into the skydiving stuff, they give you a real rush. Otherwise, though, Point Break is all wet. Too bad, because you always get the sense in a Catherine Bigelow outing near Dark Blue Steel that she's trying to push a genre into new places. Blue Steel. She's the one that gave my signature (coughs) modeling look its actual name. I have that same look. Here, let me... Let's do both of them at the same time. Ready? Oh, that was was great. That was great. Oh, Oh, man. Wow. Woo! So, uh, of the Metacritic Hoi Polloi, uh, which has an 8.6, 611 positive, 44 mixed, and 21 negative, uh, Sol Invicta gives it 8, the definition of a cult classic. Point Break takes your standard heist plot and elevates it with fleshed-out characters, unique motivations, exciting action sequences, and one of the more captivating hero-antagonist relationships between Utah and Bodie. Then we got Greg Jacksky. Yeah, Greg. Gives it a five. Don't expect any intelligent movie here. The story has many illogical scenes and many cool, many very cool scenes, although some action scenes were ridiculous. So it's just entertaining for the masses. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Which, yeah, is that, is, is that so wrong? It's not so wrong. All right. Over to our... AV Facebook comments. Uh, this is from Video Landers, like yourself, uh, listening to this podcast. We've got Steve Spikermans. It's been a while since I've watched Point Break, 1991. Thank you for letting us know that, Steve Spikermans, not the 2015 knockoff, because it has the late, great Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves. Not the late, great Keanu Reeves. But no, no. That's a good reason to add Point Break to the Pantheon of Movies. All right. Well, Todd Polt says, yes, do it for the ex-presidents. Joshua McLaughlin. This isn't going to be some long write-up or anything. Wait, wait Spoiler. that's not how he talks. The, the, uh, oh, the, that's yeah. not how he <clears throat> That's right. So, uh, and by the way, spoiler alert on this. He lies. He... <laughs> This was like several pages long. Joshua, I don't know if you if you started writing this is not going to be long, and then you were like, ah, oh, screw it, I'm going all in. Yeah, it's like a 500-word yeah. not-long write-up. Joshua McLaughlin. 
This isn't going to be some long write-up or anything, just laying it out there, outside of the stylish surfer extreme sports enthusiast as bank robber's premise, there was not enough to this movie to make it exceptional for me. <laughs> oh, what a nice little snippet yeah, of Joshua. Yeah. Uh, Giselle Butler says, this is the most quotable film. There are so many great lines in here, and at its core, oddly deep and meaningful for a 90s film. It has romance, action, suspense, a unique story, stellar cast, complex characters, comedy, it's stylish, and I really love this director too. Heist movies are always fun, but this is one of my faves. Vaya con Dios! Vaya con Dios! Scott Herdliska. He has a gif, or a jif, depending on which side of the Mason-Dixon line you're it's on. It's gif. It's jif. Wait, no. It's Damn it! gif. You confuse me. I say GIF. You say GIF. No, it's GIF. It is GIF because yeah. the G stands for graphic. And graphic. I know that people yeah, argue it about this. Graphic. It's not. Yeah. So no, I say GIF. Uh, it, was, it is a GIF of somebody saying absolutely. Absolutely. Riaz Adam says, Point Break is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's perfect on every level <clears> from <throat> the casting, script, cinematography, and direction. Catherine Bigelow's direction is inspired and energetic. The editing and camera work in the chase sequences between Reeves and Swayze is phenomenal and unmatched. It is rewatchable and never feels dated. There's just something transcendental about this movie. Anton Lager says, THE BEST in all caps. So there it is. Now, before we read the last one right here, uh, that this gentleman... Uh, did respond because we we had put a little note out there said uh, let let us know if we were right on guessing the middle name and he said absolutely it's absolutely he said never before has anybody guessed this but you are a hundred percent correct right and that's why we're gonna read this next comment from Chad Everloving Ever Smith. Smith go for it Chad Everloving Smith says I had never seen this movie until this poll was set and I was compelled to watch it. I find that when a movie's captivating, it pulls you in, and everything around you melts away. Mm. This movie did not do that for me. One notable thing about this movie is that Swayze's <clears throat> hair was more feathered than Blair's from The Facts of Life. That is a pretty awesome reference right there, Chad, Chad Everlevin will, Smith. I will have you know, Chad Everlevin Smith, that my hair was even more feathered than Swayze's in the 80s and 90s. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm, long, like Farrah Fawcett. <sighs> Think Kevin Bacon, but longer. Yeah. Mm. No, I'm all in yep. for that. Wait. Longer hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what you're talking that's about. That's what I yeah, meant. Of course. Don't know what you were talking all about. All right. Exciting stuff next. Receipts. Receipts. Point Break, uh, USY, July 12, 1991. Directed by Catherine Bigelow. 122 minutes long. Production budget was about 24 million. And then for domestic gross, they pulled in 43 million, made some money worldwide, 83.5 million. Mm -hmm. Average ticket price in, four, in 1991 was $4.21. Now, using all that information with right. our patented, trademarked, copyrighted, copyrighted uh, Everything like uh, in oh, under yeah. lock and key. Yes, our butts in seats index. It is a calculation where we take the domestic take 
the domestic gross, we divide by average ticket price of the year, and you come up with the number of butts that were in the seats and at it, the theater. And it allows us to compare movies from 1950 to 1980 to yeah. 1990, uh, and whenever. Even, even this year, 2022. So, uh, butts in seats, it has a BSI of 10.26 million. Which is about 50% higher than the Fight Club standard. Which everyone knows is 7.3 million You don't even have to say it. Yeah, Everybody know. everyone knows, knows it's 7.3 million is the Fight Club yeah. standard. So, uh, comparing Catherine Bigelow to Catherine Bigelow, huh. we've got The Hurt Locker, which was acclaimed across the board. I enjoy that movie. And Academy, it's on, I tend six to watch Academy it. Awards, I think it was. So, mm-hmm. uh, came out June 26, 2009. 131 minutes long, production budget of 15 million, domestic gross 17 million. Mm. So, only made 2 million extra domestically worldwide, though it did make 49 million. Almost double that. The average ticket price in in 2009 was $7.18, which gives us a small and paltry BSI of 2.3 million. Now, the, the, the number of ticket sales does not directly correlate to a claim. And in fact, in my experience, it's almost inversely proportional. But, and also, but unless you have a blockbuster, right? That we're also in the era of DVD uh, yes. sales. That, that uh, you know, and yes. there's other things that cut into it. But uh, still, two point three million butts and seats. It's a lot. Uh, so now, comparing Keanu to Keanu in the '90s, we've got mm-hmm. Speed. June 10, 1994, 116 minutes long by John Jean de Bont. Uh, production budget of 35 million, raked in 121 million domestically, and then 350 million worldwide, 10 times over yes. uh, in terms of profits. Now, average ticket price in 1994, $4.18, incidentally and interestingly. The price went down just a little bit just for a, a couple of years. Uh, but all that said, this gives us a BSI for that movie of $29 million. Very nice. $29 four, million butts and seats. Four times. Almost four times the, the Fight yeah. Club standard. So, uh, go for the next. So, yeah, Terminator 2, uh, July 3rd, 91, same year, almost the same, well, same month, almost the same week. $137 million. This is arguably the best Terminator movie of the series. By James Cameron, who is Catherine Bigelow's husband, or, or I think was at the time. I'm, I don't think they're yeah. still married. In any case, the production budget for T2 was $100 million. A lot of CGI there. Domestic gross, $206 million. Worldwide, $520.8 million. Average ticket price that year, $4.18. Uh, oops, sorry, reading the wrong one. $4.21, that's 91 uh, for a BSI of 48.9, nearly 49 million butts in seats for T2. That's not surprising. I personally saw it three times in the theater. So, so at this point, you are probably, you're probably thinking to yourself, like, oh, these these guys have said that there was a Point Break remake that there, happened there was, in 2015. Hold on. It, you know, the question is, like, how did it do? Yeah. I'll, I'll ask the question. Hey, Triple D. Yeah. Uh, what do you did, want, Mr. Miggity Mac? How, how did the Point Break remake in 2515 do compared to the original? Not well. 
No, not well. And the numbers I, that go with it. I'm surprised. Released on Christmas 2015, 114 minutes long. Erickson Core, uh, who oh, also did Daredevil and The Fast and The Furious. Mm-hmm. Uh, production budget 105 million. Ooh, put some money in that bad boy. Did. <laughs> so you, you best they're they're making it back, right? Oh, bucks, baby. Domestic gross twenty eight point seven million. Uh, so uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, twenty eight point seven minus hundred and five. So they uh, lost about seventy million domestically. Oh, now worldwide, they made one hundred thirteen point seven million. So they, so they went through even. a lot of effort to mm-hmm. make eight million dollars on that movie. Woo. Uh, average ticket price eight dollars and forty three cents. Gives us a BSI of 3.4 million. Still a little bit better than the Heart Locker. Heart Locker, yeah. But I don't think this this was not critically acclaimed film. No, it's got like an 11% on Rotten Tomatoes <sighs> right now. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. Uh, 23 on uh, on Metacritic. So, <laughs> like, it's it's not uh, something like 23, 34, so whatever it is. It's on the low end. Full disclosure. I, I didn't haven't see watched it. it. No, no, I haven't watched it either. I was, why would you watch it? I, I will probably end up watching it, sure. At some point. At some point. Well, uh, before we do a deep dig. Right. Before we do the deep dig, we should do a. We should drink whiskey. Yeah. Well, we are. Oh wait, what are we? What are we drinking this evening? What is this? We're drinking amber, beautiful. We are drinking uh, the McKellen, a twelve-year-old Scotch. Ooh, it's tasty. No connection to the movie. It's just I had it in my cabinet. No, they drink alcohol in the movie. Yeah. I.e., we are drinking alcohol during the podcast. And then, uh, in addition to the alcohol. Uh, can you explain to our listeners which uh, illicit drugs we're doing this evening? Okay, so I was going to bring Molly. Yeah. But I decided uh, I didn't want to grab it so heavy. And so what I have here are, these are called edibles. They're little gummies and little chocolate cookies. Uh, you can have as many as you like because there's no negative effects at all. Very nice. Edibles. Very nice. Edibles. Brought to you by the state of Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. (laughs) All right. So, uh, on the table that we have here, a little card that we have. Oh. uh, And it says, Doug and Gary, since Point Break is a cop movie. Yes. And cops love donuts. Right. Maybe I can sway y'all to vote. Yes, the same way I swayed FBI agent Johnny Utah to void my speeding ticket. This is totally not a bribe, bruh. Surfs up via Condios Adam. So what nice. we have here is uh, uh, it's a, a bribe. It's a bribe. It's definitely a bribe. We have a, a Dunkin' Donuts gift card. Oh, how much is it for? I want to know how many of them little round deli- You know, Johnny Utah likes donuts as well. He oh. ate them on the movie. I don't. I, I, I have not often eaten $20 worth of Dunkin' Donuts, but I can... Do you know how many donuts you can eat for $20? <laughs> Infinity! Infinity Donuts for $20! I think the price has gone up, so maybe it's like 20 donuts. I don't know. Uh, thank you, Adam. Thank you very much. Thank you, much. Adam. Uh, and we'll put this to good use. We will. And uh, you can't hear the heftiness of the bodies that go with the voices here, but we definitely like donuts. Let's just say that the chairs we're sitting on are well aware of yeah. how well we like donuts. Yeah, they are. They're screaming and crying, Dear Lord, why? <laughs> how long, oh Lord? <laughs> Thank God your chair's already broken, yeah. but you didn't break it. Yeah. All right. So, that said, uh, Adam, 
from Adam's nomination, and these are some. This is some excerpts from uh, from Sin- what he wrote. Senior Gromacho. So he said this year, uh, after he started, he said because uh, he he did Taxi Driver last year. Yeah. This year, I'm going I'm going lighter, but not without presenting a film that I personally believe is not only thematically challenging with its characters and narrative, but does so while maintaining the status of a high octane film in the spirit of what made the early to mid 90s such a great period for the genre why is point break worthy of pantheon it's at its core it may just come off as another la set cops and robbers action film but to me it's so much more it remains a masterpiece of his genre it stands out as some of the most notable films to come out in the summer of 91 including but not limited to terminator 2 judgment day which we talked about mm-hmm. boys in the hood and robin hood prince of thieves um is that like robin hood men in tights that's a different <laughs> yeah. i Sorry, unlike I'm... other robins can d- speak with an english accent <laughs> cut his heart out with a spoon <laughs> I, I love the whole dynamic between johnny utah and Bodie. uh the both men are linked by their seeking of thrills, and it, but exists on opposite sides of the law. Yet, little do they know they could easily be friends if one didn't know the other's true profession. Bodie remains one of the most distinct villain, villains I've ever seen in a high-octane action film. This is very much how Bigelow uses the character dynamic to make male competition and egos. What begins with Utah simply trying to catch a potential bag robber soon becomes a silent rivalry between two men constantly looking to take each other to the edge in the form of a competitive testosterone-driven friendship. Amid these complex character dynamics, there are pieces of comp action conventions to craft an effective puzzle of high-octane entertainment. Catherine Bigelow went up against the guys in a genre where the female directors are scarce, but in so many ways not only matched up to them, but even outdid them with this gem. Quite frankly, action films just aren't what they used to be in the early 90s. Classic is among the most definitive examples of why film of this type was at the best during this period. Adam, that was well written, and I appreciate it. So, uh, diving into this movie to talk about uniquenesses sure. and challenges for this as a nomination mm-hmm. uh, uh, for the council and anybody who else would vote on it. So, okay. uh, uniquenesses, challenges, uh, speak, speak your piece. So, I think uh, one thing about that's unique is something you and I chatted about when we were watching it uh, again was um, that while it's a film about bank heists, it's not a film about bank heists. The bank heists themselves are just short, quick scenes that, uh, much like the way they structure the bank heist, to move the story forward. But it's uh, other uh, different from, for example, Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, Thirteen, whatever. Ocean's different Eight. from Seven Samurai, uh, yes, a Magnificent Seven, seven setting up the heist. to you know, a giant it, heist yeah. with t- twists and turns. The heists are very matter of fact. The only twist is almost, the last one. Yeah, almost right? like Free Guy. Uh, yeah, in terms of how like they treat guy. treat the bank heists. The yeah. ba- there's bank heists, but we don't see any of the planning that goes into no, no. it. It they, just they, they bang show in, up. They show up. They point guns. Yeah. Da, da, da. and in fact, you could almost believe in the first, at least the first bank heist, that there were that their guns weren't even loaded. That they were just threatening people, like you know, no, I'm not really gonna hurt anybody, dude. And then they're out, and all like the like the they said when they talked about these heists. Uh, and the way they did them, they would just go for the drawers, not the not the vault, et cetera, et cetera, just in out. 
And this played into what was the real storyline was that these guys were doing this to fund the endless summer. They wanted to be able to travel and have fun and not have to have jobs. And it was just quick money to, to, to carry them on. Yeah. So uh, that's a difference, right? It's a movie about bank heists that's not really about bank heists. It's actually about, you know, this, this gang of guys that just, and men, men and women that just hung around to have fun. Um, and, you know, they even said during the bank heist, listen, all this money's insured. No one's actually going to get hurt. Let's just get out of here. You know, that kind of a deal. It wasn't until this uh, intense rivalry between uh, Johnny Utah and Bodie really started that Bodie decided they had to go further and have like a serious bank heist, which, of course, that's when everything went yeah. to crap. So uh, for me, that's one of the uniquenesses that, uh, of, of the theme of the movie. One of the challenges is that it feels to me like the storyline itself started to kind of fall apart at the end. I think several people mentioned this. And so it's hard to, for I, guess, I think it's going to be hard for some people to vote yes, because the storyline doesn't actually have a payoff, good or bad. It just sort of fritters away into frayed edges, like an old flag, you know. It's solid up by the flagpole yeah. and then bleh, on the end, you know. And I think that's going to be a bit of a challenge for it uh, in a nomination. So I think that one of the things that this has going for it is, uh, well, a couple things that it has going for it. Go ahead and pour yourself some whiskey right there. Whew. Is first, is that this is an iconic movie of the 90s that um, it is. Uh, so we did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. And that was iconic. The story is iconic to begin with, from the original yeah. cartoons and, and, and surfers uh, wearing wearing uh, the iconic look of wearing the pre ex president's mask. That you've got Keanu, you got Patrick, you got surfers, you got skydiving. It's a fun movie. Gary it's Busey, iconic. Who's yeah. even then was a, was a you know a famous, well liked, you know popular so character. It, the, so in it does. It could, for, for some, carry a uniqueness in terms of an X factor on that. Mm -hmm. um, and also, it's just, like, it was fun to watch. I, we watched it on Sunday night. It's just, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Challenge, uh, because this movie is billed by Adam in the in the nomination, is that it is best of its genre. Right. Which is 90s action film. Even right. early 90s action film. Right. And even in the nomination itself that he mentions Terminator 2, which uh, is already in Pantheon and uh, people are going to be comparing 90s action films right. to this and say, is this any better than than any of the other ones? Like, is Speed right. definitively better? Right. Is, uh, is Demolition Man definitively better? Is La Femme Nikita yes. definitively better? That's what I asked. Yeah. Is this better than La Femme Nikita? Which I, is don't, the, I don't know. That's the question everyone's asking. Everybody's so asking that question. I think that that, that that would be one of the key challenges here is that uh, compared to other 90s movies, is it truly the best of the genre? But then also, like you were saying, and we'll get into this, yeah, sure. is that the story has issues. Problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I did like you commented on this, and I'm not sure if this is in the trivia. I don't recall the way that the characters get shot. Yeah, it is. There. Okay, cool. We'll yeah. talk. We'll chat yeah. about that. Yeah. All right. So uh, any so outside of and this, that's a story choice. Yeah. Any any particular 
Uh, you already touched on it a little bit. Any any other particular insights that, that popped out while you were watching the film? I did. You know, watching the film Sunday, hanging out with not just you, but with another friend of ours. Who hadn't seen it before. That had not seen it before. Uh, 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 Hans Bluber. Yeah. Uh, and he, not to be confused with the other one that rhymes with that. He hadn't seen it before, and he almost lives this lifestyle, or would if he could, already Bodhi's lifestyle. Uh, like, like, yeah, he, talk, it's he talks fun like that. friend who talks yeah. like this. And we love this guy. Yeah. He hadn't seen it before. He's watching it, and multiple times he's like, this is a really good movie, man. I mean, he really, really yeah. got into it. The way that I felt about it the first time I saw it, too. And so that's this X factor that you, you just can't, you, you can't measure it. Yeah, and you can't dismiss. Nope. But you can't experience it again either. You know, you're watching it for the second, third, or 20th time. Or yeah, whatever. you watch it a couple times and you're like, wait, why did they do that? Wait, where'd that come from? What? Yeah, so. Yeah, hold on. Wasn't his watch on the other hand? That kind of stuff. So, um, let's let's break down the movie. Sure. Uh, by categories. Uh, we'll start acting and casting. How'd you feel? This was not Keanu's best acting. This was not. <laughs> He did better in Speed, which was, what, just a couple of years later? Uh, and he's done better in many, and, and worse, in many, many movies. However, for this character of his, I think it was pretty good. Um, and I don't, I, I can't really visualize anyone else really doing a good job in this character. I think that Gary Busey's character, I think that, um, shoot, what's her name? I just said it a minute ago. Yeah, Laura. Laura, Laura yeah, Laurie. Petty. Lori Petty. Uh, I think her, she, I think that Patrick Swayze was perfectly yeah, cast. Yeah, I think Swayze was probably the standout. And, and, and you know, sometimes you've seen a movie where, like, there's someone cast in a role like that, and you're like, okay, they're portraying it, but they don't live it. That's not themselves. I can almost see Swayze just like, okay, I can play this character because this is me. And I've seen this before, and I, and so it, it shouldn't have been any shock to me the second time around is that... Gary Busey was not bad. No. No. Like, he wasn't bad in the film. He no. fit the role. He was He was the role. Yeah. Uh, I did uh, John C. McGinley, the, uh, the, the, angry, uh, the angry chief. I, yeah, I, chief. I, I appreciated the... Station like, it was chief, very yeah. much... That was a trope right there. Of course they, it was. You expected <laughs> him to be pounding his fist on the desk going, I want Give your badge. Give your badge and I you're gone now. Gun. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, and I would agree that, that this was not, uh, Keanu's best role. I still think he was cast correctly. I just don't think he was yet quite yeah. there. And, uh, and, uh, some of the extra side characters like Flea. Oh yeah. Flea I like from him. the Chili Peppers. Yeah. Like, like, are you kidding me? Like they got somebody that I bought as War a guy hammer. from, <laughs> from California who was a surfer. Yeah. Because, oh right. He yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, um, any miscasts that you, that, uh, you felt in there? Not, not that I could think of. The two guys from Hanson that were the, that were the sidekicks. Yeah. Uh, I think they fit in there, but I, I don't know if maybe if the, either the actors didn't have the chops to fully develop the characters, or they just weren't written fully developed. I don't know which one. Not a major, uh, strike against the film, but no. the Australian actors at the end. Yeah. Who were not Australian. Not Australian. And not doing a good Australian yeah. accent. And, and they were in Crikey the, uh, barbecue! Yeah. Look at this! <laughs> no, nor, nor the decision not to fly to Australia to shoot the scene, but instead to shoot it on some Southern California coast with, uh, you know, American uh, pine trees in the background. I'm sure there was a couple of Australians yeah, that they could have roped 
roped in uh, to that. Yeah, well, um, again, they could have flown to Australia. They had all the Australians they wanted. Directing and editing. I think she did a great job directing, and I think it was edited well. I really do. I uh, Some people think that the that the action scenes, the surfing scenes and stuff went on too long. I don't think so. I, I mean, for me personally, they, all, this, all the surfing scenes didn't feel like insert surfing scene here it was like there was something happening during that scene that was a part of a character development or it was a part of a connection between uh utah and Bodie or utah there was some smart choices about how to shoot shots as well uh that there was something i read about the use of a pogo cam to to get uh surfing shots and then like they were also filming the skydiving it was like some interesting shots and that that chase scene was a lot of fun the one through town yeah. where they jumped over stuff yeah. and Utah ends up blowing out his knee. Yeah. It really was good and it clearly was in LA. They're running through neighborhoods and jumping yeah. into the LA River and the whole deal. Um, so uh, the next is screenplay and story. Yeah, I think there were some problems there. I think it started off very strong, got way better in the second act. You made that comment that the second yeah. act was like strong. Right in the middle. And that third act just kind of, like I said already, it fell away. Well, and we, we were kind of like... Uh, armchair quarterbacking at the end of the movie bit. and saying like, okay, there's a couple things. One, um, if Bodie, if Utah wasn't the one who ran out and, and because he knew that these guys were surfers and they would recognize him, if he wasn't the one that ran after them, then like the tension could have been higher. And then right. there's a more of like, do they know? Don't they know? Yeah, kind or of like thing. they both know and they're both pretending they don't know. Yeah, like there, there could have been more tension there. That yeah. there, 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 yeah. there were, uh, there were other elements of like, um, we don't have time to bury this person. Where it's like, you, you clearly have tons of time. Nobody is around All here. All the time that, in the world, and you're in the, the desert in the, Mexico. The relationship where she just ran out to get uh, Johnny at the end, and it was like, I, I, I get it for the trope. Uh, sure. of but but Johnny was involved in an actual bank heist and was removed from and the that was FBI, a big one and yet at the end he was had a leading the, the 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 uh the charge yeah. to arrest Bodie in Australia and I know that some people like the ambiguous uh ending of yeah. like what what went on there he and tosses stuff, his badge and, off in the ocean. and he lets him die in the ocean or die. not we don't know we don't but know. like it never resonated with me. It didn't resonate with me the first time. It didn't resonate with me later. I'm like, both, like, every time I've watched it, I'm like, I don't know. Like, there's, the ending feels uh, weird. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I agree. But that, that doesn't take away from the joy I feel watching the movie. Yeah. But I always kind of almost resist getting to the end of the movie because I wish there was something different there. But that's... Yeah, so so I think, and I don't I don't blame Catherine Bigelow for that. I that that's more of a scripting issue. Uh, and editing. Remember, the editor yeah. gets a lot of say about what actually makes it in the final cut. Cinematography and locations. Oh, top dog. We already talked a lot about this. I loved, I loved the shots. I love the way they even when they were up on Mulholland, just over. Uh, LA and over that whole area that was all beautiful they have a well they number one they have a great location to shoot in and number two they took advantage of every possible option they could from skydiving and seeing yeah. those beautiful shots of the of the every time they of, of four minutes of hang time well, right there. <laughs> yeah you know they did give to be honest they did give a lot of uh, of uh, food for thought for Mythbusters to disprove multiple multiple myths in that yeah. movie that's true um 
Anything that you would say about the score, musical score. So, you know what? You want to talk about the score in so many movies, and I always kick myself uh, for not paying closer attention. And, and this last one we both mentioned, we were paying closer attention to the score. I like the score. I like the the un, uh, unidentifiable little music bits they used between scenes to set a just mood like and a orchestral tone. swells. Yeah, little mood. swells and stuff like that. I like those. But even just the actual music from the movie... It was good, and it wasn't overbearing, right? Yeah. They didn't come up with... They didn't play a song whose lyrics were telling the story of the movie. The surfer dudes yeah, no. who are bank robbers. Yeah, no, yeah, they didn't do that. And no. Johnny Utah's gonna catch <laughs> yeah. them. And they could have, but they didn't. The music they played felt like it's what you would hear if you were just hanging out there. The... Um, yeah, I wouldn't be so... Pot, like, I'm, I'm not against the, the score, but like... It didn't do. It was just there, like it was. It, it was a, it was a white. Character. It was a white noise machine. Oh, okay. I felt like it was more of a supporting character. Uh, and so, just the night before I came here, my my wife had turned on Dances with Wolves. Yes. And the score in there, yes, is very identifiable. Yeah. Almost, you know, like Star Wars or. Yeah. And that yeah. I said to her, "This is like the score is like another character." Where I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say that same. Oh, like support, I'm thinking yeah. like supporting character, like yeah. the Hanson brothers that were on the bank robbery team. That, wasn't, uh, that was the boys from Hanson, right? Yeah, of course it was. I think it was. Yeah, they, I don't think they were born yet. No, oh, yeah, 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 I don't know. Special effects notables. Uh, well, they they did a they did a lot of work with the action stuff to make sure that it, the it was surfing not just, and the sky shots. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. This is camera work in this, but yeah, like they but, they worked with that. They, they they weren't as much special effects like practical <clears throat> effects or like CGI, but special effects in that like they were the different special kinds of camera work. You mentioned yeah. the pogo the pogo uh, camera camera and those things. Like that's that was a lot of special work, right? And so that made it, made it actually work correctly. While I was watching this, I did think this movie holds up because it doesn't have some of that uh, some of the special you know the CGI or special effects that don't hold up over time. That this movie was just very much practical effects, yeah. except for maybe like a couple of like shooting of the foot or this and that, which are like squibs and yeah, uh, well, which is fine. Got, one guy got shot in the middle of his forehead, and the wound looked like exactly what I would expect a wound to look like if someone got shot in the center of their forehead. I mean, yeah. it it wasn't a giant nasty blast of gore. It was this perfect little hole. That probably there was a mess on the other side, but they didn't show us that. But uh, uh, here's something. Um, uh, that was that was on my mind, and I just remembered it. It was, uh, 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 oh, the masks. Yeah. If this had been Mission Impossible, those masks would have made them look like the actual presidents, and then whoosh, it would pop off. They didn't even play with that. They put on unbelievable but recognizable rubber masks. They went down yeah. the bottom at some costume store downtown. Yep. And that was it, right? And it was like, yeah, no, that's good. That's what the surfer dudes would have done. X Factor. For me, um, it's hard to discount the way I've felt about this movie for many, many years as a part of the X Factor. But I think that the 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 weight of where all of this main primary cast has gone over the years is an X Factor for this movie. Honestly, though, I think it's counterbalanced by is this 
uh, comparable to T2 and some of the other early uh-huh. 90s uh, action flicks. But, but it is an X factor there. Yeah, a, a, a small X factor for this lower being a lowercase X factor mm-hmm. for being um, for being a cult classic sure. and uh, fun. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like it's dumb, absolutely fun, dumb at times from my perspective, uh, but but fun. Fair. Um, this this uh, did go on to win. Uh, an award and get a couple of nominations. The award that, uh, and uh, I know that you already know this, mm. uh, won the MTV Awards for Keanu Reeves as most desirable male, and you have that poster on your wall. I, and, and, yeah. and, you know, full disclosure, I also have a, a three quarter size cardboard cutout, you know, the stand up yeah. of Keanu in my office next to the special shelf. Yeah. But that's not uh that's not from this movie. That's actually from one of his other movies. Often when I come into Mr. Miggity Mac's office, he's doing the bullet time scene from the Matrix ah, next to his Keanu next cutout. Next to Keanu. It's just it, it's it's adorable. If you've never seen a cardboard cutout that's actually in bullet time pose yeah, and still can stand up. It's it, it's, it's amazing. It is. Um so, uh, some fun facts and trivia about this movie. Uh, Patrick Swayze was an accomplished skydiver, skydiver, and many of these come from IMDb, by sure. the way. Um, and he took part, took a big part in the skydiving scene. He made 55 jumps in total. For many of the surfing scenes, Patrick Swayze refused to use a stunt double, as he never had one for fight scenes or car chases. You know, uh, I heard, uh, this is actually from IMDb as well, but the members of the ex-presidents are killed, and I started to talk about this earlier, in chronological order of when their respective character or president served in office. So as they're shot down, that's the order that they were president in real life. Bodie, who wears Ronald Reagan mask, is the only member of the ex-presidents that isn't shot. However, Reagan was shot. (laughs) Interesting. In real life, uh, he was shot in real life during an assassination attempt on March 30th, 1981, about 10 years prior to that. Yeah, movie. LBJ, then Nixon, then Carter, mm-hmm. and Bodie was shot, but he, he lived. Yes, right. And so, yeah, it's not shot and died. He wasn't killed, but he was shot. Uh, also, I, I don't think this is from the trivia, this is my personal observation, it seems like they very carefully picked two Republican presidents and two Democrat Democratic presidents uh, for the characters they portray. Yeah, well, and they, the only one that's Ford. in there is Ford. They they like, he Ford. didn't get elected. And, and George W. Uh, had already been president for a while yeah. before this movie. He was almost actually out of office before this movie was even released. But he wasn't an ex-president. But he so, wasn't an ex-president yeah. at the time. That's true. Um, so, the film was originally called Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. Uh, and, and then also, um, following that, they were thinking about Riders on the Storm as a title for that. But because the title said little about surfing, um, the Johnny Utah, they didn't want that. Um, So eventually, it was not until halfway through filming that Point Break became the film's title because of its relevance to surfing, which... And And they uh, say that line three times. They say the phrase Point Break. Yeah, Point Break is mentioned in the Mm -hmm. film. You know, the scene when Utah jumps after Bodie without a parachute was tested by Mythbusters 2003, determined that Utah and Bodie would not have been able to free fall for 90 seconds as they did in the film, nor would they have been able to hold a conversation. However, it was determined that by streamlining his body, Utah could have conceivably caught up with Bodie after jumping from the plane. Not only that, uh, uh, a jackass spinoff Nitro Circus, they actually did the actual stunt 
where one guy jumped. Now, but in this one, the first person jumped without a chute. The second person jumps with a chute, catches up to them, grabs them, clips on, and they land safely. So it's it's a believable stunt, just not the time frame or the conversation. Yeah, we did we did time it the uh, that from the time they jumped yeah. out of the plane to the time they land was four and a half minutes, yeah. basically. Yeah, it should have been much less than that. Um, so co-producer Rick King came up with the idea for the movie while lounging on the beach. He had been given an L.A. Weekly article about Los Angeles being the robbery capital of America and dreamed up a movie about an FBI agent infiltrating a surf gang that robs banks to fuel their fun. There you go. Hey, did you know that the beach spot where the uh, football game is played at the beginning of the movie is the exact same spot from the Karate Kid's beach scene at the beginning? Karate Kid, which was a fan favorite movie voted in by the Facebook poll. It was. Nominated by Brad, which he started off uh, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this there year. You go. So, uh, The film inspired a piece of cult theater, Point Break Live, in which the role of Johnny Utah is played by an audience member chosen by popular acclamation after a brief audition. The new Keanu reads all of his or her lines from cue cards for the duration of the show <laughs> to capture the rawness of Keanu Reeves' performance, even from those who generally think themselves incapable of acting. <laughs> Rick King recruited uh, screenwriter W. Peter uh, Illiff to pen the script for $6,000. Uh, since the pay was paltry, he had to wait tables at a restaurant during the day before going home to write the script at night. And if you were counting, you would right. hear the F word like fifty, no, like one hundred and five times in this film. It's not, it's not, uh, not as, not as, uh, not as effusive as some of the other films, uh, namely uh, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street, which I, I think is oh. Infinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know how many F words you can yeah. get for twenty dollars on the Wolf <laughs> of Wall Street? Infinity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've got voting time here. Yep. yep. And uh, so there are a couple of votes that we know already. We that do. we know that Adam is a yes. Yes. We know because he nominated it. We I... know that Brandon Folk is a yes. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And then. Uh, we have a couple of no's so far. We've got Matthew Wade, Kyle, and Brad mm -hmm. uh, have said no, but we haven't heard from Jeremy, April, Rachel, or Nathan yet. But there are there are uh, th uh, three yeses, I think, and three no's, or three yeses and two no's, just at the time of this recording. Yeah. Um, uh, at the very end of the season, that mm -hmm. we'd give awards for council members for various uh, things, like are they the early bird so they always get right. their review in right like, away. Boom, right away. Uh, and or are they the uh, the last minute uh, right. person? And true to form, Brandon, who is going to be fighting for the uh, early bird special uh, between boom. him and Kyle, that they they usually are right uh, the at money. the top of their game. Uh, and then Nathan is lagging often. So, but he gets uh, it in. It's not yeah, like he's not yeah, like he's no, an absolute no, slacker. There's no. a deadline. He beats it. It's fine. It's respectable. Um, and then we don't know from Marshall, but currently the Facebook poll is at 68 yes and 21 no, which mm -hmm. is, uh, like you got, yeah, it's three to one. Yeah. Give or take right, right in there with a couple of people who haven't seen it. A couple of people need to rewatch. Uh, how do you feel like the, uh, poll is going to go this, for this movie? Well, I think the poll is going to go. Yes. I mean, uh, uh, I mean the vote. Oh, the overall vote. Yeah. Well, all right. So, um, <laughs> My gut tells me that it's either going to be right on the line one way or the other. I, I think it could go 
seven six. I'm sorry. Uh, six five or five seven five or s whatever the numbers are. They're either going to get seven or six yeses. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I feel so seven I, and four or six and five. I feel it's I it's probably about uh, maybe four or five yeses. Think? Uh, not as yeah, many. Not not I I don't think it gets in. Uh, and I think it's a little bit lower, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. We've both been wrong before. We've both been very wrong before. Yeah. And then, uh, so, uh, money on the line. Voting right this second. I am actually pulling up Facebook and the poll right now to cast my vote. On the Facebook poll. On like, the Facebook poll. For That's our right. for our listeners, we do we are we, we do not get a vote this time unless we're a guest voter, which we aren't. Neither this one time. of us is. Uh, we're just part of the Facebook poll. Right, and I am going to say a no. Okay. But here's the thing, uh, Adam. I think this was a, f a great nomination. I really do. I think it's right there where it should be. It's a it's an excellent choice uh, for a movie. I just think that the fact that it's up against some other early 90s uh, action films that I, I just feel are better makes it hard to put this one in there. That's all. Yeah. And I am of the same mind, and uh, uh, even though I very much did appreciate rewatching this film and revisiting it, and learning a little bit more mm -hmm. about it, that uh, that I think that there are other films that are at '90s action film, if that's the genre mm -hmm. we're looking for, that um, that stand out a little bit better than just, this one. Just real quick, top of your head, we've talked about a few already. What are some of the other ones that you can think of? So, uh, off the top of my head, yeah. I feel like speed might edge yeah. this one out. Yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with that. Uh, that uh, we had all T two is already in. Yeah, and I feel like that is the Matrix already in. I'm thinking it is. If, yeah, I don't know. If not, but if I'm not, be it shocked, should yeah. be. The, I think arguably some could say that um, that. Uh, uh, Total Recall or Blade, with even though they have some hokey elements in them, would be would be competitive against Point Break. Yeah, um, I don't know. They don't blow it out of the water, but I'm just saying there are also some good ones. Now uh, we were joking about the Femme. You, you and I will. will <laughs> yeah, I know. But I like that film. So. You and I will 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 uh, go head to head on this one. But like for me, uh, don't say it. Demolition Don't, Man. Oh, God. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, you're right. I, I I like the movie. I don't think that it would get into Pantheon. But yeah, I, 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 it was a little known actress, Sandy something something. She's okay. Yeah. Wesley Snipes. That's, that's who it. you're thinking about. Oh, right. Also yeah. in that movie. Uh, any f closing comments uh, before we wrap up here? I had a lot of fun with this one. I really did. I was glad that it was nominated. I liked why. Well, I watched, actually, for this one, I watched the movie three times. Um, the third time, just because I like watching the movie. I really do. Um, but even the third time, I got to the end, and I actually just didn't focus on the details. I just let the end wash over me, because I didn't want to ruin yeah. the experience. But but um, uh, I, I did really like this movie. I, I enjoy the movie for what it is, and it's a good time watching it. Yep. Uh, and I was glad to revisit it. Um, so so that was fun. That That was fun. And it brought me back to the 90s. Uh, so that was Your good as well. Your formidable years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 
for our listeners, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed our conversation tonight. Oh, and let me say one one other oh, thing sure. before before we get in there is the uh, this this season. Yeah, it is uh, we've had seasons before in the past where like movies all kind of fell in one category or another. Even like I think it was like last season around that we like we were watching like Godfather and uh, Taxi Driver and like you you, you breaking yep. out the hits right. Yep. yep. This this time around we've seen uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles over here and Perks of Wildflower and, and, and now we're watching Point Break. It's all over the map. It is. Uh, and and I'm enjoying the the wild ride of this season. Yeah, we are so, definitely not tuned into a Pandora channel that is that is uh, 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 yeah. brought down to like hits in a certain range. We are all over the place. Right? So I'm excited to see where this season goes. So that said, as always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Where can Videoland find you, Mr. Miggity Mac? On Facebook, especially on AV. And you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, and you can find Adventures in Video Land on Instagram and on the website, adventuresinvideoland.com, where there's a lot of cool other stuff that you can go to and check out mm-hmm. and learn more about Pantheon if you'd like to. Um, but the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Videolanders, fear causes hesitation. And hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. If you want the ultimate, you've got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. Yeah. That's not. That's not going to. That's not going to. How about this? We We love love you. you.